Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Rusty Quill presents... Oh, Jesus. What the fuck happened? Uh, one minute it was all normal. I, I was talking to Jake. I was going to tell Jake. I, I was going to tell Jake. And then there was a blinding red light and... What? He's... He's gone. He's fucking gone now. Just like that. Not even a goddamn goodbye. What the hell, Ostium? You've really done it this time. To me. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened. 
What the fuck is even going on here? Okay. Okay, Monica. Let's calm down here. Time to take a chill pill. Another colloquial saying. Okay. Breathe. Deep breaths. In and out. In and out. In and out. Okay, that's better. Let's get that heart rate down a little. Collect those thoughts. Focus right here, right now. All right, then. So, as I was trying to tell Jake, he was playing with something. What was he fucking about with? The artifact. The fucking eyeball from that guy. I don't know which one. One of them. The eyeball that wasn't really an eyeball, but a key. To the map table. Okay, got it. And he... He dropped it. He dropped the damn thing on the map table. It wasn't on the number right away. And I was telling him, I was trying to tell him about what I know about Ostium to convince him about Steve, my son. Then the fucking red light show started. That goddamn fake eyeball must have rolled onto the number, started the Pink Floyd laser bonanza. Jake had been saying something. Something about how the doors were following a pattern with him. A couple of doors from the past, one from the future, and then his trip down memory lane, and that's what the last door had been. The one to that house he'd stayed in. Fort Bragg, wasn't it? Yeah. God, all those bodies. That was... That was really hard getting through. I thought I was going to lose it just break down. Collapse. What the fuck happened there? Who could do that to them? Was it a who? A what? I don't know. Don't ever want to fucking find out either. And then we came back. So let's apply the Jake patented paradigm here. Last time we went down memory lane, Catalina, we had some serious tectonic activity. Everything got all shook up scared the crap out of me. And at the end of it, there was this big-ass crack across the entire town. Out of fucking nowhere. How does shit like that even happen? I know this is Ostium, but still. And after we found the secret door and did what needed to be done, after Jake had his State of the Union with himself, man, that was a trip. Goddamn clones. We came back. I... Gave him a required nap and put things back together. More on that later. Maybe. This time it's different. Yeah, I know. It's different every time. But this time he got sucked into it. He got sucked into Ostium and made part of the whole shebang. And I'm here all by my lonesome. I got left behind. Don't think it was Jake's choice, or that he was involved in any way. But after the bright red lights, he's gone, and I'm not. 
So where the fuck did he go? Oh. Oh. But, but what? What if I changed things in my time? Told the other you about what I know. Tried to change the way things turn out. No. No. You can never do that. It needs to continue along as it already has. You need to be you and say nothing. So that we could get to this moment again. Changing a little thing could have a catastrophic knock-on effect. <sighs> Butterfly effect. Yes, and we're completely out of time. Go now, while you still have the chance. That was the reset. Or Jake crossing the timelines. Crossing the streams. Some shit. Ostium put him back within itself, within events that already happened. I wonder if he went through all the doors we already went through. Did he watch us enter that old cave? Pay us a visit in the distant future on a spaceship? Or did he gop while we did the horizontal nasty on Easter Island? Fuck knows. All I know for sure is that he was there at the end, on the Dyson Sphere. And then he wasn't. Anymore. He was gone. The blackness absorbed him. Atomized the motherfucker and left nothing but energy and dust to dissipate into the cosmos of Ostium. Goddamn. I fucking sound like him saying shit like that. But still, he's no more, and that's fucked up. Really fucked up. Even for Ostium. What the hell, man? What did you do, Ostium? I thought there was more to you. I thought you and Jake were special. Best buds. BFFs. You guys had fucking history. Literally. Connections. Fate. Like it was meant to be and you just, you just fucking let him die? No. No. Not right. I couldn't do anything. Jake wouldn't fucking let me do anything. No. 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 You can never do that. And I listened to him. I didn't want to. No fucking way. And I tried. I tried a couple of times before we got to that fucked up house with all the dead people. But he kept stopping me like he knew. I know. He couldn't. It was fucking impossible. Time only goes one way. So he didn't know yet. He couldn't know. Unless Ostium told him. No. No, no fucking way. Not going down that road. Jake may like to introspect about that shit, but not me. No way, Jose. But he said he'd listen as soon as we saw... All those fucking bodies. Yeah, that shut me up well and good. You know, I have seen Back to the Future. Maybe I should have left him a letter? Written him a fucking note? Slipped it in his pocket when he wasn't looking? He might have found it later, before everything went to shit. Man. Jake would have totally gone apeshit for that. Nerd Factor 11. When louder. But he's gone. Gone for good. 
gone from my life and gone from Ostium. I never wanted it to happen. Never. But it did. And it's over now. Time to move on. Oh, man. (laughs) This tea is really helping. I knew it would. But sometimes you think it's going to help and it does jack shit. But this, oh baby, this is doing it for me. Okay, things are starting to look a little better, so. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) I never thought I'd say this. (laughs) So let's, let's explore the concept of what would Jake do? I know, I know. But I need to look at my options, see what paths are open to me, introspect a little. You know? And who did that best? Who's the guy we're not going to forget? Who's the guy we can't seem to stop talking about? I obviously don't have a lot of options open for me right now. And in case you don't remember, I seem to have a certain case of bansheeitis when it comes to doors and ostium. That is, when there's no Jake to clear the path, it's like as soon as he steps foot through that door, he becomes a different person. I guess became need to start talking in the past tense about him gotta start accepting that okay but ostium just seemed to bow down no that's not right ostium would accept jake when he went through one of those doors he never seemed scared i know there are plenty of moments when we were both terrified that time on catalina with the blackness coming right for us But going through the doors, he was always so excited, so vibrant, so ready for whatever was on the other side. As for myself, from the beginning I've had (sighs) issues with the doors, getting through the doors. You remember me trying to get through door four by myself when we had to go back, back to the future, on Mars to get the artifact because we forgot... No, because Jake forgot the time before. I couldn't get the artifact by myself. Goddamn, this is is all fucked up. All the stories and thoughts are mishmashing together. I've been double-speaking for too long, watching what I say around Jake, and now I've lost my goddamn way with these recordings. These personal recordings. My recordings. Don't need a filter here. I can tell it like it is. Call it like I see it. Hide nothing. Okay, that's what I'm going to do from now on. But first, I have to be absolutely goddamn sure I can't get the fuck out of this damn town. I've never been to Disneyland. And how things are going, I probably never will. Of course, given my background, I've never really expected to visit the happiest place on Earth. And whoever ends up listening to this? Well, you'll find out why. Eventually. You know, I thought I was doing these recordings for me. For myself. A personal venting. 
to bounce my thoughts off my brain cavity and to talk about things I couldn't and didn't want to talk about with Jake. I needed that personal space. And now he's not here. He's gone. And that ain't going to change. So my original reason for doing these recordings is no longer relevant. Obsolete. So why am I still talking into this recording device that totally looks like a 21st century cell phone and totally isn't? I'll get to that too, eventually. It's got to be because I'm not just doing this for myself. What would the point be in recording it? So is it for my protection? My support? For when I do eventually get out of this town, back to where I'm from? To prove to them what happened? To defend myself? Possibly. I don't know if I'm going to need to, though. But first, that means I have to find a way out. And the only way to do that is to try the way in. Again. Didn't work last time. I know I sound like him. Like Jake. The way I'm asking and trying to answer these hard questions. The way I'm parsing stuff out. The goddamn way I'm using words like parsing. But let me tell you, it's really hard not to talk like him when you're talking to yourself. Like this. So, deal with it, whoever you might be. Getting back to Disneyland, it was one infinitesimal part of the vast amount of stuff I learned before I arrived in Ostium. I'm sure you've got many, many questions, and you're going to get answers. Eventually. There's that word. Again. It's going to take me time to tell you everything that happened to me and everything that happened in general. Maybe I'm talking to Jake's people, the ones he was doing those recordings for. Sort of posterity, but also sort of the outside world, if they could find it. Maybe these recordings are doing the same thing, somehow. Getting out online. (sighs) Ostium. This ostium was a mistake. A screw-up. We didn't know that until we got in. Until it was too late. For me, and for my son Steve. He was the first. And I'll get to all that. But first, I'm here, where I need to be. At Disneyland, right as you come in, there's the Hall of Presidents. Not many people go there. I can sort of understand that. It's kind of boring. I think it's interesting, but then I'm not everyone. When there's so much other cool stuff to go check out and ride. I get it. It's a bottom of the list type of thing. And by the time you get to the bottom of that list, you're totally wiped. Done. And you just want to get to your hotel and crash on that soft bed. Well, when we were in the designing stage of this ostium, a lot of discussion and thinking went into it. Oh, yeah, there's that bombshell. Ostium was designed. Yep. Every door and building, every nook and cranny, every grain of dirt and blade of grass, from top to bottom and everything in between. I was part of that crew. And when it came to deciding where to put that front door... My idea was the one we went with. Obviously, there's the main gate to and from Ostium, but that's where you go to get to Earth, uh, in this time. Which wasn't what we expected to happen. 
It's what you use to get into Ostium and out of. It was supposed to be the main doorway, the main entrance and exit to get us back and forth. Only, something went wrong. Really wrong. Don't know how. Don't know why. It just did. Still trying to figure it all out. I demanded we put in a backup. A failsafe. A literal backdoor just in case the main one failed in some way. And that's where I am now. The geographical equivalent of the Hall of Presidents in Disneyland. In Ostium. Right in front. Because I knew that if anyone got into Ostium who shouldn't be there, they weren't going to try that door at the front and off a little to the right. There's way cooler stuff going on up the street. That's where they're going to go. So I knew it'd be ignored. So that's where we put it. A door that will take me back to where I'm originally from. Except I tried it. When I had a moment, after Ostium got untethered and I knew walking through the front gate wasn't an option, in any fucking way. And the door opened, just fine. And I saw that blackness and, well... Let's give it a try and see what happens this time. I'm pretty sure it's going to be exactly the same fucking thing. Ben, she madness still, just like last time. Fuck. Fuck! I'm never getting out of this fucking town! <sighs> okay. You've waited long enough, and you've been pretty patient. Let's get back to the clock tower, and I'll tell you a little bit about myself. My real self. After some hot tea. Oh man, that's better. Okay, confession time. What did you want to know? What's that, everything? Sure thing, sit back, get comfortable. And prepare to have your idea of everything Ostium fucking shattered. Let's start with something small. A tiny tale, a short story, a mini moment. Damn, sometimes the versatility and sheer stretchiness of the English language just blows my fucking mind. Tea. I like it. A lot. I drink it. A lot. I made Jake drink it. I think he might have kind of hated tea before he met me. Or maybe just didn't drink it that much. Like never. I branded him as much more of a coffee guy. But once he got stuck in Ostium, with me, he didn't have a fucking choice. You may have noticed how I never seemed to run out of it. We've been on a couple... Fuck. Uh, listen to me, talking like Jake's still around. Like you might come waltzing through that door at any moment. Any second now. Is that a sign it hasn't really sunk in yet? That my brain hasn't acknowledged what it's supposed to? The guy's gone, but I'm still hopeful just like with Steve? No, no. Steve is still out there, somewhere. Jake is different. Gone. I watched it coming for him. There's no way he got away from the blackness. 
No way he survived. His only out was following right behind me. He chose not to. His choice. His wrong fucking choice. But still, his choice. So he's definitely gone. Steve could be gone too. I know this. I accept this. I know. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it, but trust me, I fucking do. The blackness may have got him. Or any number of other terrible things in Ostium. But still, maybe he did survive. Somehow. Maybe he kept going. Somehow. And maybe he's still looking for me. Just like I'm looking for him. My my baby. So, I'm going to try to talk like Jake's gone. Emphasis on try. It's fucking hard. So, T. I never needed to stock up on it because we have a metric shit ton. Probably more. It was a requirement. I made it a fucking requirement. In the early days of Ostium, when it was this hallowed place. This uncharted territory. This place to boldly go where no one has gone before. Because this ain't your ordinary brand of tea. Sure, it's black tea. Sure, you can take it with milk or sugar. Sure, it's Tetley's, a known popular type of tea. But you see, here at the Ostium Network, we do things a little differently. We're our own special Oz with our own special toys and foods and what have you. The Tetley's tea has been... enhanced. The leaves cultured with a special blend. A cocktail of chemicals. And why have we done this? To protect us inoculate us, to keep us fucking alive against any of the diseases or viruses or bacteria or sheer smoggy shitty air from the various times of Earth's history. The concoction added to the tea made it a safeguard. Drink lots of tea and you're going to be protected from whatever this old infective world has to throw at you. And that way you won't get sick. Plus there's a future to think about. Who knows what manner of baddies and beasties there are in the years and centuries and millennia to come? Who knows what a time traveler passing through the doors of Ostium might face? Much better to shield oneself with the Ostium Network blend of Tetley's tea. Trademark, bitch. No, I'm just kidding about that last part. Tetley's or whichever company makes that particular tea has no fucking clue what we've done to enhance it. Don't know how they did it. (laughs) Those crazy scientists at the Ostium Network. Oh, and get used to that name, the Ostium Network. You're going to be hearing it a lot. But they sign our paychecks when we eventually get paid. Sort of. Eh, you'll find out. We only gave them six months and they got it done. Beat the damn deadline by three days. The tea tastes just like usual. Even if you add milk or sugar or honey or whatever the hell you like to poison it with. And Jake had no fucking clue, not that it helped him. Didn't save his ass at all in the end. But, you know what? Maybe it did. When he went to Roanoke, the Mary Celeste, fucking Mars, Easter Island, the land of the Anasazi, could have been any manner of bug or virus waiting for him, a local version of the smallpox waiting to infect. But he was protected. All because he drank that tea with me. Amazing stuff. Plus, it tastes fucking amazing. You know, those scientists actually told me why they chose tea to put that protective cocktail in. 
they could have put it in a snack bar or orange juice or even a damn bottle of water. But they chose the tea bag because it takes up very little space, doesn't weigh much, was easy to add to the tea leaves, and tastes exactly the same. I guess when they tested it with OJ, it gave it a bitter taste. Sure helps that I already love my tea. Imagine if I'd hated the stuff. We'd have had a problem. And that's the answer to that mystery that's been biting you. Shocker, huh? Oh, you want more? Let me get some more tea first. Oh, and I'm emphatically winking when I say that. I name-dropped the Ostium Network a couple of times earlier. You're probably wondering what the fuck that is and how it relates to Ostium. Well, obviously, it is related. But I'm not ready to spill all the beans on that whole... Uh, chapter of my life. Yet. Don't worry. I will get there. Eventually. I know, I know. I keep saying these things. Repeating them over and over. Promising. But I gotta tell this my way. Or I'm not fucking telling it all. Okay. Because... 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 This is how Jake would have wanted it. So for now, just think of the Ostium Network as the umbrella corporation of the future that I work for. Yeah, I guess I technically do still work for them, unless they say otherwise, they being the big corporation overseeing Ostium. Enough of that. It's getting late, so I'll end this with the story of my first arrival in Ostium. It was unplanned. Undocumented, unwanted, unwhatever word you want to add. All I knew was that they'd sent Steve... My fucking son through without a fucking clue what it might do to him. It also turned out they didn't know how to bring him back either. Motherfuckers. He wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. They weren't ready. We needed longer, probably a lot longer. But they wanted to hit that deadline. Make the guys upstairs, the ones at the very top of the rock, happy, no matter what it took. Once I found out what they'd done, that Steve was gone... Man, <laughs> I fucking lost it. I cursed and cussed out every single person I fucking found. I ran, ran as fast as I could to the inception chamber. It was pretty quiet. They were elsewhere. Another room, another building, with all the screens and monitors and quantum computers trying to figure out what the fuck had happened, whether Steve was still alive and what could be done. Point was, they'd abandoned Ground Zero. Or rather, the place that gets you to Ground Zero. Maybe they thought I wouldn't find out till later. Or they thought I'd react differently, be more professional. Follow the codes and regulations. Keep my shit together. Well, I fucking didn't. When I found out my own flesh and blood had just been sent into a goddamn black hole, basically, I wasn't going to stay calm and collected. Oh, sure, Steve had volunteered for the mission. He was so excited he was bouncing off the fucking walls. And I was sort of okay with it. As much as a mother can be, at first. Before there was a specific date. Before the deadline was set. He'd go when everyone, including himself and yours truly, all agreed unanimously and unequivocally that it was ready, and he was ready, and we were ready, not until everything was ready. It didn't go down that way. That's why I ran. Like a bat out of hell. Like a... <laughs> like a goddamn banshee. <laughs> when I got to the inception chamber, there was, of course, a guard outside. But while I'd been running and cussing, I'd also been thinking and planning. 
I made sure when I came face to face with that guard, I was walking slowly, calmly, and focused. Professional, you might say. So I was fucking ready. I started talking at that guard before he could take a breath. Private, I need to get into the inception chamber immediately. I've just come straight from the reviewing center. That whole bunch of idiots sent me over here with express orders to pick up the concatenator. They said they forgot to grab it before they headed out for the reviewing center. Since I'm lowest on the food chain, I'm the lucky gal who gets sent to pick it up. So I need to get inside and get it before they started calling up and wondering where the fuck I am. I say my spiel with a smirk on my face. I watch the guards, Okafor, that's his name, stalwart gaze melt away and the tight-lipped line of his mouth grow and curve like a blossoming flower into a smile. I know if I keep going, I'll have him laughing in deep, rich sounds at me, but I don't have the fucking time to butter him up. He gives me a solid nod, and that's all I need. I'm through the front door, letting it close by itself behind me, then passing through a few more doors jogging to the inception chamber. Little do I know how much of a big fucking deal doors are about to be in my life, right? I pass through that last door and find one person there. Lee. She's not doing much. Just running checks. Like I said, all the viewing and instrumentation is done at the reviewing center. If I'd arrived later, she probably would have been gone. But she's here. And I'm not fucking around. I'm pissed and I want my goddamn son back. And I only know one way to do this. I've got the little gun in my hand before Lee can blink. I point it at her and her mouth drops open. She's young. Early twenties. She's also very fucking smart and keeps her mouth shut. I need you to open it. She stares at me. Her eyes widen. Her mouth opens like she's about to say something. Open what is my guess, but again, she's smart. She keeps quiet. Do it. Do it right now or I fucking zap you. The gun is small and unlike anything you've ever seen before. It packs a hell of a wallop. This is the future, remember? And the Ostium Network. Very deep pockets, very good R&D. One shot would end her. Lee knows this. She swallows audibly, then turns to the console and starts pushing buttons, toggling switches and doing what needs to be done. It won't take long for someone at the reviewing center to notice what's going on, but they won't have time to get someone down here. Even if they get a hold of Okafor, he won't be able to reach me in time. I wait until the moment is close. The way Lee's doing her thing makes me think she knows what they did. What they made her do. In sending Steve through. She has an inkling of how I must feel. What I want to do. Maybe it's a woman thing. This actually caring. Fuck knows. She looks at me, giving me the signal. I don't need to be told twice. I'm inside the chamber, sealing the door. Following protocol. I don't think... I don't wonder if I should be bringing anything with me, if I need to bring anything. I've got the clothes I'm wearing and the weapon. I put the gun away, knowing I no longer need it. Lee's on my side. There's a humming, a heavy clunk. Then I hear Lee's voice letting me know everything's ready. I look at her. I can see her through the big window. I give her a salute and mouth, thank you. Then I walk up to the ordinary-looking door made of metal, turn the handle and pull it open. There's blackness on the other side, but also motes of light, like fireflies. I don't stall, stepping through and closing the door behind me. I'm in Ostium, standing just a few yards inside of the gate, 
I turn around and see it's different. On the other side of the gate is a road and trees and shrubberies and not a darkness or something that tells me this is the way back to where I just came from. I immediately panic. I'm shit scared. What about the fail-safe door, the backup? No. First, Steve. And I spend the next three hours looking around the entire fucking town for him, starting with the clock tower. And he's nowhere to be found. A heavy sadness settles in me. Doubt begins to make itself known, and I start to wonder if this has all fucking been for nothing. I go to that fail-safe door and open it. There are screams and wails all telling me to get the fuck away. I slam it closed and finally realize I have no way to get back now. I'm trapped here. All alone. Just like I am. Right. Fucking. Now. Same shit, different day. I know neither Jake nor I ever said this to each other. And I know he was pretty much on cloud nine after finding Ostium. After he got to go through doors and visit other worlds. But there were times when things just dragged. Like molasses. Where we felt lost and kind of helpless. Where it took going through another door to see if there might be any answers. And there weren't. Those days, Ostium felt like a bitch. Even Jake would admit this, if he was still alive. And now, I think every day's gonna feel like this. Worse. Because I can't go through any of those doors. I'm just fucked. Pure and simple. And I've got fuck all else to do but drink tea and pour out my fucking sorry soul. So, where did we leave off? I went through the stages of imprisonment. I knew I was trapped, but I wasn't going to accept it. I tried opening that fail-safe door like five more times. Each time there were screams. Each time it fucking terrified me. Each time I slammed it shut and ran back to the clock tower. I tried the front gate, opened it up and stepped outside. I had no fucking clue where I was or when I was. It could be planet Earth. Or the other side of the fucking galaxy. The ass end of the universe. But you know, it, it just happened to look like Earth. Outside the gate were trees and shrubberies and a dirt road. And everything that said normal. One time I started walking. A good 30 minutes. Nothing changed. Until I got to the sign. You know the one. The one Jake found playing that game. Says Ostium. And the elevation, whatever it is. And the population zero. That was, that was, that was fucking humbling. It made it all hit home, pushed me to the next stage. So I came back, closed the gate, found this gnarly hexagonal padlock to lock the gate with, just in case anyone or anything showed up outside and wanted to come in. And I didn't want it to come in. 
and I yelled at everything for like an hour. Cussing and screaming and spitting. Kept going until my voice just stopped working and I was hoarse, my throat raw and dry. Tea obviously helped. And rest. Then I thought maybe Ostium and I could make a deal. Or had made a deal. Maybe someone, at some point, had added failsafe to the failsafe. I knew there was a big fat one on the clock tower door. So I went looking for door number two. Used that handy-dandy wood map carving. That sure was a fucking useful addition. Glad they did that. Found door two. Took a breath and tried to open it. It did open. And there were the screams again. Fuck no. I went to door three after that. Wouldn't open. Wouldn't budge a fraction of a centimeter. Tried doors four through ten. No fucking luck. I regressed to anger again for a while. It sure made me feel better, I tell you. And that's when I got a real bad case of the mopes. I was moping all over the floor and the walls. It was fucking ugly. Ugly. Stopped eating. Got really hungry. So I ate. Stopped drinking tea. Really missed it. So I started again. I I don't know how long I spent in that dark fucking period, but I did come out of it. And the next day I was just okay. Okay with Ostium, okay with my predicament. I wanted to make myself feel good, work on some positives. So I made some great food, the perfect cup of tea. I wondered what else I could do. And then I had a real dirty idea. That might have been the best orgasm I've ever had. Well, from one woman to another, orgasm singular isn't really correct. Am I right? That's as far as I'm going. It was fucking great. After I regained my self and awareness, I took a walk around Ostium, going up and down the streets. Very enjoyable. And that's when fucking serendipity struck. That's when I heard a car arriving outside the gate. I was never in the military. Let's make that clear, right fucking now. All that jargon and shit was a smokescreen. A good one, I might add. Jake bought it, hook, line, and sinker. And you know what? I just got what that expression means. That's pretty damn funny. And exact. However, when you become a viable and valid member of the Ostium Network, you don't just get to waltz in and do your thing. There's training. It's mandatory. And it's rigorous. And I went through the whole fucking thing. And scored really well. Like one of the best in a long time. Ergo, while the military stuff was all smoke and mirrors, I was also pulling from a wealth of similar experience. So when I heard that car, I reacted on instinct. I wasn't at the gate, but I was close by. I moved into position with light footsteps. Imagined myself as a ballerina. It actually does help, and totally works. I was by the left side of the gate, behind part of the wall, hidden from anything or anyone looking in from the outside. But with how I was peeking, I could see when needed. The old Volkswagen Beetle was a vehicle I'd soon become very familiar with. I watched the guy I'd learned was named Jake Fisher get out and walk up to the gates. 
His face was awestruck. He looked kind of tired. He'd been driving for a long time. Probably drank a ton of coffee. This was before his high tea times, after all. But he also looked so excited. Like that other old saying, a goddamn kid in a goddamn candy store. I might be paraphrasing a bit. He looked at the lock on the gate, cute frown line forming on his forehead. Yep, hexagonal was kind of weird, but it was ordained as the ubiquitous shape for the Ostium network. Something to do with symmetry and balance and a bunch of math that don't mean shit to me. But not obsessive. Not like fucking Battlestar Galactica with the stupid octagonal paper. The fuck was that about? Oh, and I'll get to my background eventually, and why I know weird shit like BSG factoids. Jake got back in his car, turned around and left. I knew he'd be back, probably the following day. That look in his eyes. He could barely keep himself away. If he'd had the supplies, he probably would have slept the night in his car. So I went back to the clock tower and did some thinking. Everything had changed. And now I knew some things. Complete change to a few days ago when it seemed like it was the end of everything. I knew Ostium, this fabricated town I'd helped invent and create, was somewhere. But as I said before, it could have been anywhere. It could have been somewhere where there were no people. And I think that would have been the end of it for me. But seeing Jake made it better. So much better. It gave me something I hadn't had at almost any moment I'd been here. Hope. He was human. He was normal looking. He breathed oxygen. Plus, he was cute to boot. So a lot of check marks in the wind column there. What it would mean for me and for Ostium once Jake got inside, I had no clue. For all I knew, he could come in and hit the exact same roadblocks I did. Discover the not-at-all-fun of the Banshee doors. But even if that were the case, I now had an out, an escape. I wasn't fucking trapped here. Even if I was stuck in the 1940s, for example, it would be bad. Really fucking bad. I've read the history. As a black woman, I don't even like to try and think about it. But still, it would be something. Something not ostium. Though, with what Jake was wearing, I wasn't thinking 1940s for a second. But you get the point. I realized I had to let him in. Give him a chance and see what he'd get up to. So that night, I took the lock off the gate. I also thought about whether I'd need the gun at all. At that moment, it was in its secret place. The next day, Jake stepped into Ostium for the first time. I didn't feel anything change. Nothing felt different. But at some fundamental level, something must have happened, right? Because this was the Jake who's had a connection to every door we've ever been through in Ostium. There must have been something going on. But from my perspective, with my experience of Ostium, I noticed absolutely nothing. I was ready for him. Just as I was yesterday, day one, and have been ever since. Except for that last meeting when the other him surprised me. Didn't see that one coming. But, as the man of the hour would say, I'm getting way ahead of myself. I was ready when he pulled up outside. The lock was off the gate and everything else was set. 
he'd have no problems getting in. I needed him to get in. I didn't want him having problems getting back in his car and going all the way home. I jogged back to the clock tower and went into the bathroom. I crouched down and drew a circle on a tile behind the sink. The tile popped out of the wall, revealing the hidden space. I retrieved the gun and put the tile back where it was. This had also been my idea. I didn't know I'd be using this hidey hole for a gun. I just knew there needed to be one in the clock tower. Thank you, past Monica, for thinking of this, because future Monica was going to need this place to hide the gun and a certain pair of special gloves from future Jake. Then I waited. I'd closed the bedroom door. The bathroom door was open, and that's where I was waiting. If he came this far, I was going to need to subdue him. But something told me I'd be okay. My first unwarranted insight into Jake's character based on absolutely nothing. That just turned out to be completely correct. I heard murmurings once he was inside. Couldn't make out what he was saying. Guess he was deciding what to do, what door to go with. That was when things got tense. When I held my breath. Then I heard him leave. I didn't waste time. Quickly following... Stealth was my middle name as I quietly pursued, followed him all the way to door number two. Then I hung back and just watched. He was gutsy. Real gutsy. The way he opened that door, sucked in his breath, and stepped through. It... Honestly, it blew my fucking mind. Here I was. Fucking trapped. Tried a whole bunch of doors, including this one, with no luck. And he... Ear strolls in Mr. Nobody and opens any old door like his hands a fucking skeleton key. I held back as long as I could, so like all of five seconds. I was careful. Real careful. Peeked into the doorway and saw him standing there looking away. As soon as he started to turn around, I ducked back, counted to twenty, then slowly inched back. I watched him walk all the way to the wall of wood. He looked at a big tree then walk inside the little town on the island I'd learned was Roanoke. That whole story about me going through the door and finding the little wooden figurine that became my talisman and kind of saved my ass? Yeah. That was all bullshit. Made it up to pacify Jake. Make him believe my side of the story and all that. Make him believe we were on the same team. At that point, and for a while after that, we were. Not really sure when that changed, but it did. As for the Mary Celeste, that part was all true, except he went through first and I followed him, not the other way around. But he did close it behind him, and it did totally scare the crap out of me. But I got out of that one, barely. With each monumental leap Jake took in Ostium, I was just one small step behind him, learning with him, experiencing what he was. Mars was the same story. Snuck in behind Jake and went on my own scenic trip. Got close to where Jake was, and that's when I decided to leave the audible breadcrumbs. This time, I got to slam the door in his face. Got the upper hand, and it felt damn good. That's when I came up with my whole fabricated background with the military and all that jazz. As far as that infrared map thingy, 
I don't know what the fuck that was, where it came from. I've still got the ability now. The lot of good it does me. Was it some sort of buried code within the mainframe that I was never told about? Yeah, I don't know if my bullshit jargon is right there, but you get the picture. I figured they'd send in some people to come look for me. I hope they would, at least. Not that many. That was pretty damn surprising. I didn't even know if they could send people through anymore. It just never occurred to me for some reason. Like there was a mental block. Maybe I just thought because I couldn't get back, they'd somehow know this back at the Ostium Network and wouldn't risk sending anyone else in. But they did. A whole fucking bunch. And yet, we got through with it. I used my technical know-how, what I knew about Ostium and the way it worked, both as one who was involved in its creation and one who has experienced it firsthand. And it worked. I thought it would. I didn't know it would. If those bullets had gone through the door, Jake would have been torn to ribbons. Blood everywhere. But that didn't happen. I don't really know why the door didn't open for them. It's a mystery. <sighs> sure saved our asses, though. And then they went away. Where did they go? Back to the Ostium Network? No. We know for a fact that's not fucking possible. So I had theories, of course. I'm guessing they went out the front gate. They... they had to have. Otherwise, we would have found them sooner. Somewhere in Ostium. Maybe they checked the failsafe door, if they knew about it. Maybe they didn't know about it. In which case, they went and opened that gate, expecting to set foot back in the Inception Chamber. Boy, did they get a rude awakening. As fucking rude as I did. And here's where I start conjecturing. They went walking down the road. For a long time. Hoping to find something. Anything. Remember, they never heard us. In their mind, Ostium was empty. The doors didn't open. It was a complete dead end. They went down that road for a long time. Into the dark of night. Not knowing what they'd find. Nothing. That's all they could find. At some point, Sergeant Harris would have gotten the blunt fucking hint, turned around, and headed back. They couldn't just keep walking down the road, hoping, wishing for something. Thank God they didn't have wheels of some sort. If they had, they would have found a whole world waiting for them. Don't like to venture down that path. Don't like to think about all that. Them's dark and dangerous thoughts. So they came back to Ostium because it was something they knew. Something they could trust, they thought. That's how I knew, without a fucking doubt, they'd be back. And I made sure I was ready for them. It worked out Jake wasn't around. Pretty fucking fortuitous, I gotta say. And I guess they never found or tried door number two. It does make sense. There are a lot of doors in Ostium. I led them to it. I led them through. There was no hesitation on their part. It was a way out, an escape. They weren't going to waste time wandering. Closing the door behind them, sealing them in that part of Ostium was... easy. What they found on the other side? I don't know. Screaming ghosts? Banshees? 
horrors they never could have imagined, or just simply Roanoke. I didn't kill those men. I didn't send them in there to die. If you want to blame someone, blame the asshole who sent them into Ostium to get Steve and I. Their fate was sealed once they stepped through. The bigwigs at the Ostium Network should have known that. They should have known better. They should have fucking known better. I've gotten the message loud and clear from Jake. According to him, I was to blame for what I did, for what happened to them. But I don't... I don't accept that. I won't accept that. They made many wrong choices along the way, them and their superiors. How many fucking doors have Jake and I gone through? How many times have we fucking died? Yeah, it's come close. But we've survived. Those men were trained for the extreme. If they couldn't hack it, they never deserved to be in the positions they were in in the first place. I still don't fucking know how any of them died. The ones we found, just lying there, not a mark or scratch on them. You know, not that I think of them the way they were lying there. Yeah, I I can't believe I never fucking thought of it before. I think I know what fucking killed them. A beam. A beam from that puny little gun I've got. It has a setting. One shot, one zap, one kill. All it takes is one beam. That's quite possibly what did it. Holy shit. I can't... I really can't believe it never occurred to me until now. See, these recordings are helpful. But who shot them? Me? What? Fucking how? Did I do it in my sleep? In some crazy unconscious state? Just moseyed on through those doors of Ostium, found them, shot them, then came back and went back to bed. Plus, I had to get the gun from Heidi Hole and put it back. All without Jake noticing. <laughs> yeah, not fucking possible. I'm off the hook there, at least. So who else? Jake? Don't need to waste any time on that thought. So it's gotta be someone else. On the other side of Ostium? The other side of those doors? Now, that's fucking scary. It's downright chilling. One person comes to mind. Steve? Who else could it be? But that would mean he's alive then. Alive and fucking killing people. Okay. But alive. That's the important part. (sighs) Fucking hell. I gave Door 4 another try because of what happened. Because I sent those men through. Because I knew we had to go back to Mars to get the trinket or talisman or whatever the fuck it is. I thought maybe it might have gotten reset in some way. Or fixed, maybe? Maybe if I could get through a door now on my own. If I could do that, then there was a chance I could get out of here and back home. Even if home wasn't exactly welcoming anymore. So I tried. And I failed. 
This seems as good a place as any to talk about those items we brought back from those places in time. (sighs) I know. What the fuck? None of this stuff was in the original planning. Again, there's a small chance this was all done without my know-how. But it's unfucking likely The map table was part of the setup with Ostium. We knew the doors were the key, the links to different places in time. We knew the numbers were probably important, at least from an organizational standpoint. Therefore, the map table was needed, and it needed to be solid. Permanent. So we made it a wooden carving. But all the stuff about bringing an item, a trinket back from those places, and putting them on the numbers and the light shows and all that? Fuck, man. That was just some crazy shit. It's like, there's the ostium we made, we created, and then there's this other one that came into existence. A part of it is the one we made. Most of it is something else. Something foreign. Something alien. And something that Jake is tied to. Something Jake was tied to. Don't know why. Can't explain it. It just is. The way he would just know, Jake, about the place, and how to get us the fuck out, and when the shit was hitting the fan, when the end was near and imminent, like on Avalon, going onto that goddamn boat and through that little door? How the fuck? It's like Jake made Ostium his, part of him. Some fucking hell. But if so, what now? The earthquake really fucked with me. I've never been in one before. You could probably tell that. But what it did to Ostium, no one, not a single one of the hundreds of people involved in the creation of Ostium could have ever predicted that in a quadrillion years. I certainly didn't. The door under the bed was a lucky fucking guess. I know I checked there before, a number of times. Never saw anything under there except solid, bare floor. Except this time. This time, there was a fucking door. And Jake knew what to do, where to go, and ultimately knew where we were. Man, that was a fucking trip. Him coming back to where he used to work, and then... Seeing those... fucking clones. I know he took it worse but I was just barely fucking holding it together. I did have a few thoughts after. Long after. After I processed it all. Sort of. Um, no, I'm not going to talk about them now. I'm just not ready to divulge that. Maybe at some point. In the future. We'll see. Okay, that's all for now. I, I need a fucking break.
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm pretty sure I'm going to fucking die here in Ostium. Pretty grim, I know. But I woke up this morning, and there was that moment when I didn't remember all the shit that's happened. A moment of bliss. And then my brain started working. It all came back. Jake gone. No way out of Ostium. What options do I have? I'm fucking trapped here. I don't think the food's going to last forever. It's just a really good supply, that's all. Same with the water. There's a giant tank, like swimming pool sized, under the town, but eventually it will empty. As for the sewage system, I don't think we really need to talk about that. Suffice to say, there's a septic tank. 
Certain things will happen if it gets full. They're not pretty. But I can't go through any doors. If we were still attached to, you know, a planet, I could at least get to Jake's car and use that. So I'm just fucking stuck. Shit out of luck. Not that I ever had much to begin with. I forgot to talk about the kiss last time. When we were down there in the bottom of that stairwell, when you could cut the tension with a fucking knife. No, I didn't forget. I just wasn't mentally or physically ready to open up that can of worms. Yet. But today is a new day. I got a full tummy. A fresh mug of tea. And now you know why. And I've got the can opener for that aforementioned one containing C. Elegans. That's right, bitches. Jake's not the only one able to spout the technical mumbo-jumbo. I know me some Latin and some nomenclature to boot. So, the kiss. All of our emotions were pretty fired up. We were both wound tight, like metal springs and spirals and shit like that. Whatever you want to call it. However you look at it. The stress was palpable. We both needed a release. I knew it would help. Not just him, both of us. We fucking needed it. A little good in our lives. I didn't really think about it. What it might mean. Where it might lead. How we might take it. I just did it. And it felt great. He wasn't bad. And we both felt better after. That was the first time I used the hands of Kimura on Jake when we went through that door back to a changed ostium. Dr. Kimura is, or was, or is it is. I don't know if I should be referring to people at the ostium network in past tense or not. If I'm never getting back there... No, no, I'm sticking with the present. There's... There's always a fucking chance, right? She is one of the many brilliant people we have working at the Ostium Network. She's kind of like Q for James Bond. She can make pretty much anything if you ask her to do it. It's a personal challenge she always wants to take on. During the development stage of the first Ostium Town, the one I now call a permanent home, I knew in addition to fail-safe doors and the like, we'd need something more... Well, effective, for a specific situation. The Ostium doors were always meant to be one way, in that one of the Ostium Network's carefully chosen members would pass through, conduct whatever business he or she needed to on the other side, and then return. No other person would ever come back with them, certainly not someone from that time or place. That was the hard and fast rule we all agreed on conclusively and without question. I wanted a fallback plan for the if. If it ever happened, whoever was there in Ostium needed to be ready, to have a way. We talked about this in one of our big meetings. There were lots of nodding heads. I took it to Dr. Kimura. I referenced a really old movie that involved what is basically a fucking trope of the science fiction genre. The little doohickey that lets you wipe someone's short-term memory and implant new ones under hypnosis. Hypnosis. 
the movie, of course, was Men in Black. Dr. Kimura, being as brilliant as she is, knew right away what I meant. She actually helped me form my ideas into words using terms like short-term memory and hypnosis. She knew exactly what to do. What container would you like this device to be housed in? Come again, Doc, was my response. Do you want it to be a gun? A pair of glasses that emits a beam? Or a predictable phallic object like in Men in Black? (laughs) That made me laugh. She was one of the few people who could always make me laugh. Why don't you surprise me, Doc? And then it was her turn to smile. A different kind of smile. In less than a week, she let me know she had the gloves ready. You can kind of adjust them to what level of mind wipe you want. It's all short-term memory. But there is a setting for, like, full blackout that leaves the person basically a blank slate. They don't remember anything about themselves or who they are at all. I didn't want to ask how Dr. Kimura had tested this to be sure it worked. Nevertheless, I trusted her 100% that it would work. They were the one item already locked away in the secret compartment in the bathroom of the clock tower, should they ever be needed. I brought them with me when we went through the hidden temporary door under the bed. Said I needed to use the bathroom before we left and hid the sound of me taking the plate out of the wall with running water. I didn't know what we'd be finding, but I knew it wouldn't be good. Since the fucking earthquake was the warning sign for whatever we were getting into, I needed to be ready. The hands of Kimura seemed like the right weapon to be ready with. Also, Doc was totally on board with the name. (laughs) Okay, you caught me. The kiss was a bit of a distraction for Jake. After everything we saw, not just the clones, but what we saw on the screens, what Jake had me verify on his phone, it was devastating shit. It was getting to him. It it was fucking getting to me. But I, I knew I could handle it, process it. Jake, he wouldn't be able to handle it. My head started running through scenarios. Each one ended with Jake losing, Jake backing out. Jake wanting to leave Ostium and not come back because of what these images and stories might mean. That Ostium was exacting a toll on the people of the world. Some fucking how. It was some pretty strong, damning evidence, especially with our first-hand experience in Catalina. I knew once we stepped through that doorway, back to Ostium, things would change. Especially with Jake. He'd have second thoughts about this place. The doors, Ostium, everything. He'd start to question what he was doing, what he was thinking, what I was doing and thinking, what the reason behind all this was. He'd start questioning everything. I didn't know where that would take us. I knew I didn't want to go there. We needed to stay here, in Ostium, and keep looking. That's why I put on the gloves and gave him his first experience with the hands of Kimura. I've never regretted doing it. Any of the times I administered the gloves. Fuck. Any time I zapped him and caused him pain. They weren't easy, but they were all... necessary. We came through the doorway and I was standing. He was on the ground. Like he'd just 
fallen asleep. This was the first time I'd ever tried the gloves. Yes, I was taking one big fucking risk, but Dr. Kimura had assured me. She'd promised me they would work exactly to my specifications, and they did. I'd been told that the setting I had them at would give me 15 minutes to play with. Then my victim would start coming around. The door had closed behind me, and I looked towards where we'd originally come through, but something else stole my attention. There was now a ladder attached to the side of the wall. And remember, this wall was just one side of the giant chasm that had opened up straight through Ostium. There had never been a hint of some way to get down to the bottom other than outright falling. And now, there was a fucking ladder. I didn't have a ton of time to play with. I threw Jake over my shoulder. His puny weight was no match for my impressive strength. The rungs of the ladder were made of stone, the same stone as the side of the stone chasm, like they'd been carefully carved out of the wall. They went all the way to the top. I guess they were kind of like those crazy invisible ladders I used to climb up the clock tower and then the water tower, so I shouldn't have been surprised. Up I went, and in just under five minutes, I was at the top, throwing Jake off of me and hopping up. That's when the rumbling started. Earthquake-type rumbling. A type of rumbling I was now very familiar with. I looked down between my legs, down into the chasm. I watched as the ladder rungs popped back into the stone wall like gun clips being rammed home. I actually yelped. Then I grabbed Jake by the front of his t-shirt and dragged him back away from the edge. I gave us a 20-foot cushion, hoping it was enough. The rumbling got worse. I crouched down next to Jake, holding him close. Not sure if this was going to be the end. The end of us. The end of everything. And then I watched it happen. I shit you not. The fucking giant crack that had only been around for what? A couple hours? More? Less? I I wasn't fucking sure. Not damn long. Put it that way. I watched it close up. Like the world's largest fucking zipper. Closed right up and perfectly aligned. Only with earth-shattering rumblings instead of zipper sounds. The ground knitted together and reformed. Like it had never been apart. It was... Fucking magical. And very fucking terrifying. And just like that, it was done. The rumbling ended. The ground stopped shaking. Things calmed. My heart started slowing down to a normal rhythm. And that was when Jake started to wake up. I hadn't given him any suggestions, any thoughts or fake memories while he was under and in his semi-hypnotic state. But I also remembered what Dr. Kimura had told me if this happened. The victim would retain a hazy, fuzzy memory of the last five hours, almost as if it had never happened. These are obviously my words, not hers. She put it a lot more clinically, and probably clearly, so even though I'd fucked it up this time around, with the hands of Kimura, I was still doing okay, because she'd made sure this sort of thing was built in, because she was brilliant is brilliant. You know, going over all this now, I think I might have started to have a thing for Dr. Kimura. Good to know.
Not that I'll ever be seeing her again, but still, good to know. The rest, you already know. I gave Jake the doctor's spiel. Get it? Because I used the hands of Kimura, as in Dr. Kimura? Yeah, Jake would have been pissed he didn't come up with it. But he took it and believed me. Plus, he had his whole meltdown about his internet connectivity problems. Whatever. But that night, while he was sleeping, I could hear him snoring away. I did some heavy thinking about the future. The future of Ostium and the future of us. I knew Jake was going to have these same issues with cost. The cost of lives, or supposed cost. The possibility that all these people were somehow being killed, murdered, because of Ostium. This didn't get to me at all. Because we don't know if this was all actually happening or not. If people were actually getting hurt. There wasn't undeniable proof. Also, they're not my people. (sighs) Okay, I may not have outright said it, but it should be pretty fucking clear to you, if you've been listening, following along, and putting the pieces together. I'm from the future. Quite a bit, in fact. Not going to give you the exact date yet. Too much risk involved. If you've watched Back to the Future, you know what I fucking mean. Or Bill and Ted. I'm from a different time. Therefore, basically, a different world. These people here in this time, they don't mean anything to me. Because they're not my people. They're people of the past. People I have no bearing on. My people are in the future. They are still so much bits of dead stardust floating around in space at this point in time. Yeah, that line's not originally mine. And yes, I know, Jake would have fucking loved it. This was how I was able to disconnect from it all. How I was able to disassociate myself from these possible lives that had been snuffed out. That, and we still didn't know if it was all true or not. Of course, now I'm permanently disconnected from my people, so it really doesn't fucking matter anymore. But before any of you jump down my throat, screaming at me that I'm a heartless bitch, that I'm soulless, that I lack a single mortal bone in my body, well, now you should understand it all better. But what about killing my men, those people from my time? Don't worry. We'll get to that in time when we're at the right point in the chronology. Don't rush me. So I was thinking, thinking about how Jake was going to feel and what he might think. And then I thought about what I wanted out of this. It was a wild ride so far. Fun. And whatever was happening between Jake and I was interesting. It had some interesting potentiality. But this wasn't going to sustain me. I had to look at why this all began. Why I ended up in this fucking predicament to begin with. That made it all so much more easier to understand. One word. Steve. He's why I was here. 
the only reason really why I was here and the only reason I am still here. Well, that and being stuck here. If before tracking down and finding Steve had been my journey, my quest, I know that's what Jake'd like to call it. Now it was a fucking crusade. My fucking crusade. I had to find him. Dead or alive, one way or another, I needed to know. Definitively. If he needed my help, I needed to be there in any way I could. Jake had his thing he was doing. I had mine. And that's when our ways parted on different trajectories. We were still headed in the same general direction, but just more parallel than in sync. That's when I was done with being part of his recordings. Having my own, it felt right. It felt healthy. It felt like I was getting more out of it. It was helping me, just like this is now because it's making me forget about the shitty conundrum I'm stuck in here. So let's keep talking and trying to temporarily forget. But first, I need a pick-me-up. More tea. I thought that that one time with the hands of Kimura would be enough. No. That's not true. I hoped it would be. When the doc had explained it all to me, she'd made it clear what a fucking mind-altering experience it would be for the victim. I guess Jake had a much stronger mind than I thought. Not that surprising. Not when you look at it, after all he's been through. To come out of it on the other side with his mind intact? Hmm. Not to mention that photographic memory. Those nightmares were rough on both of us. I felt for the guy. I was able to keep my mental distance from the possible loss of life. It wasn't in any way proven to be a fact that Ostium was causing all these deaths, and this still remains a mystery. I guess Jake will never know. I probably won't either. I was going to give it some time, see if he could find some catharsis, in some way just to put some distance between what had happened and himself. I tried, but it didn't work. A few days passed and he wasn't really getting any better. I was going to have to step in. So first, let's clear up a few questions before we get into that heavy fucking baggage. When we were in that frozen fucking wasteland, what, what did Jake call it? Anji, Anji something. Anjakuni. There was that bit when Jake went out looking for the artifact. I didn't follow. I stayed inside the hut. I know once each of us started doing our own recordings, we drifted apart a bit, at least when it came to learning and experiencing Ostium. In other ways, we were definitely getting closer. Physically, if you catch my drift. Yes, I'm talking about the sex. But I wasn't hatching some nefarious plan in there. It was cold really fucking cold. I could tell you that in the future where I'm from, the temperature is at a perfect level all the time. Not too hot, not too cold. Fucking Goldilocks zone. It's not. I could tell you because of climate change, everything is fucking hot now and there's no ice left anywhere on the planet. But that also wouldn't be true. It took a while, over a century. 
but we got that big shitstorm you put us in taken care of. Part of it was us doing certain things. No, I'm not giving you hints. If you gave a shit, you'd be fixing your problems already, and the planet just fucking fixing itself because it's that fucking awesome. And time. That was also the key. So there are still plenty of cold places to go. I just don't ever fucking go to them. I got Jamaican blood in my genetic makeup back away, so me and the heat get along just fine. Like a rum punch on the beach. And I do my darndest to steer clear of the cold. So I just stayed where it was warmer. Tried some of the chow. Wasn't bad. Made a change from the usual stuff I'd been having at Shea Clock Tower. And now that I think about it, it's gotta be the only time I've ever eaten something on the other side of an ostium door. That's pretty fucking stupid. But I'm still alive. I guess I didn't get anything that could kill me. Or I guess that tea vaccine cocktail really works. Seeing Ramirez just lying there, really dead, in this hut, in the middle of fucking nowhere, in the middle of fucking no when. It was tough. It got to me. As it should. I'm a fucking human being, after all. When I sent them through the door, I had no fucking clue what was going to happen to them. I may have imagined some bad things. I may have wanted some bad things. But never this. I took a little time checking him out. Going over him. Looking for scars. Signs. Something that might tell me how he'd kick the bucket. There was nothing. That should have been the warning sign for me. But it wasn't. Not till later that I put two and two together and got the special little gun. The kiss? <laughs> I was just fucking impulsive, man. See above, re the cold. I wasn't worried we were going to be trapped in this icy hoth hell. But Jake found a way, just like he always did. Except for that last time. He got us out and back to a warm place. I would have done more than kiss him for that. In time, I would. Private Tanaka was another big shock. Again, there was the pointlessness of it all. Him just lying there on the seat in the bridge in deep space where no one was going to find him. It was also another body dead from the same conditions, and it was proof. Proof of a pattern. The body count was up to a new total of three, and it started to make me really worry that the next body would be Steve's. Just as lifeless, just as pointless. Anyone who's ever had an interest in space exploration knows about the Voyager program, even if it's something akin to ancient history in my time. Oh, and if you are wondering, yes, we have found aliens. And yes, they were friendly, though not completely at first. And that's all I'm telling you about that. Deal with it. If I'm telling the truth, that is. <laughs> hmm. It was on the day we were going to go through the door to Jake's past, Columbia. That's when I started thinking about using the gloves on Jake while he was asleep to see if I could help him with the nightmares and dealing with everything. I felt the clock was ticking for him to just throw in the towel and quit. 
to just give up on everything. The weight of guilt crushing him down like an invisible boulder. Well, I could tell him what to think so he could have a decent night's sleep. Columbia was a fucking trip. Fucking trip and a half. It was Jake's history and given the (coughs) history on that, I should have expected a crazy fucked up ride. I did get Jake to open up, though, about his ex and his past life. That was good. Maybe that helped him a bit. The fucked up stuff behind those doors certainly didn't. And then when he went in the shower room and that door just slammed shut, like some poltergeist was firmly holding it closed, I lost my shit. For him. But also for myself a little. Hammering on that door, kicking it, trying with every ounce of strength to break the fucking thing down. But there was something goddamn spooky about it. And you know what? I never asked Jake what the fuck happened in there. What with everything that happened afterwards. Once we got back to the clock tower. You know, with the fucking and all. Things were pretty distracted all around. I don't even know if Jake would have given me a straight answer. He might have been too messed up by the whole experience to tell me something concrete. But we got through it, and at the end of it, both of our emotions and thoughts were going fucking light speed. And then he started to tip and lose. I had to do something. Something fucking incredible to pull him through. And I did. I wanted it just as much as he did, and it helped. And then, once he was asleep, satisfied in every way, I did use the gloves on him told him to forget about all that bad shit and just remember the good the good shit that made him feel so great and it totally fucking worked and things got into a routine the sex, using the gloves him doing his thing, me doing mine us doing it together in weird places man, Easter Island That's got to top the Mile High Club, right? Especially since fucking time travel was involved. I guess if things do end right here, I at least have the memories of getting it on in the land of Moai to console myself with. And then there was the Dyson Sphere. Our final chapter together, basically. I know there was another door in another place after that, and I fucking honestly never want to say anything about the fucked up shit in that house by the sea. So I'm not gonna, not even here. The Dyson Sphere was where it all came to an end, where Jake met his end, made his choice. Fucking bastard. I still think you should have come with me. We would have made it work, somehow. The end of the fucking universe would have been better than this. Maybe we could add a threesome? Now there's a downright dirty thought. At least I wouldn't have had to deal with all this shit on my own. It fucking hurts. And it's not getting any better. No matter how much time passes. Seeing that display with the info about Jake? Talk about a curveball. I just didn't know what to fucking think. I didn't. Couldn't. There was nothing to fucking think about. 
And then when Jake started completely falling apart, which was totally his prerogative, given all this shit, it helped. Helped me focus and give me something to do to help him to make things better, even if they were just getting worse, no matter what I did. (sighs) And then Dyson Sphere, take two with the other Jake. Seems like it shouldn't be possible. But time and time again, Ostium has shown that not to be. Which is why I'm doing these recordings. If I'd have totally given the fuck up, I would have slipped my wrists or dropped off into the blackness days ago. But I'm not a quitter. And Ostium, there's always hope. No matter what happens, no matter how bleak things may seem. A certain nerdy, wordy, strange histories, Beatles-loving guy taught me that. So I'm just going to keep going. I think there's still a chance. Just like there is for Steve. Just like there is for me. I've got hope. This Supercut episode was written and produced by Alexi Talander. The part of Monica is performed by Georgia McKenzie. The music was composed by Chris Fletcher. You can help support Ostium and allow me to pay my actors more and get us to events like PodCon by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. For as little as $2 a month, you gain access to lots of bonus materials like outtakes, Ostium files, the Welcome to Your Door series of Ostium vignettes, the Behind the Ostium Behind the Scenes series, and your very own door number. At the $5 level, we'll send you a cool Ostium sticker. And at the $10 level, you'll get access to new episodes a whole week sooner. So why not consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. Thank you for your support, and see you in two weeks. <laughs>